Hey yo, here we are again from our hell mouths to your hell ears. I'm one of your hosts, John. And I am not one of your hosts, Mariah. <laughs> You're the other host. You're a host. Give yourself credit. Oh, okay. Darn. I wasn't saying credit. I was just trying to opt out of being judged at all. <clears throat> nope. You, uh, you, uh, didn't, I don't know. I was thinking, <laughs> I was thinking about the episode, you will be judged. <laughs> I have been judged. I have been judged. All right. What is this episode called? I think it's called Never Kill a Boy on a First Date. Yes. Yes. That's a good one. Episode five. Mm-hmm. All right. We've got a handful of episodes in. We do. Yeah. I love it. So we start out with a classic Buffy slaying with a cool one-liner. I like how this is becoming a trend now because we started just one episode ago, right? With a cheesy... Yeah, that's your. You're gonna find it a lot. Yes. With uh, it starts out on a cemetery fight. Yes, and I love it. You know, <clears throat> get us immediately into the. No, it's good. It's action packed. It gets your attention immediately. Mm-hmm. I still feel like they haven't quite gotten the the choreography for fighting down yet. Mm-hmm. They're still kind of cheesy fights. Mm-hmm. Like every once in a while, they'll have a, a wide shot, and it's like Buffy throwing a cool kick. But mostly it's kind of hard to follow if you actually want to follow the moves of the fight. Oh, yeah. The logic isn't all there. Yeah. It's not like a cool kung fu Jackie Chan fight. It's like camera's right in front of a guy. They cut to Buffy throwing a punch, cut back to him, and he like jolts backwards like he just sold it. Well, I bet part of that is just her not being physically fit and trained yet, right? I hope so, because I, I think I remember... Like, season three or four at the beginning, they get, like, really good at it. Uh-huh. <clears throat> have some good fights then, so I can't wait till we get to that part. Yeah, I don't remember them at all, so I'm glad you pointed it out. So, they slay someone, she slays someone, and Giles picks up a ring, which I love because it's very um, Lord of the Rings-esque. You don't want to mm. touch it because it might be too powerful. Or like Harry Potter-esque. You touch it, it'll kill you. Oh, geez, yeah. So he picks it up with the pen. Mm-hmm. You don't want to contaminate. He's a scientist. Right, but then later in the <clears throat> library, like, she's all over that ring. <laughs> I yeah. guess they decided it wasn't going to kill her. Right, Buffy probably accidentally touched it on the way home. Oh, she was probably like, ooh, I wonder if it's my size. <laughs> she was going to steal it. Yeah, I bet Owen would like it. <laughs> So then we go down to the master's lair. We're talking about prophecies, right? My first thought, and you can chime in. So he has this huge, massive book from the 12th century that details all the prophecies, right? So two questions. One, if there was already the prophecy that he was going to take over the world, then why are all of their, why are there still other prophecies? He was supposed to succeed in the first two episodes, and he didn't. And then my other question is, how far into the future do the prophecies actually go? I think it's like the Bible. Mm-hmm. You can kind of read into it whatever you want. Mm. And there's contradictions for everything. Mm-hmm. So it has both sides of everything. So you, like, you could probably read anything in there and make it be a prophecy for anything you want. Oh, okay. That would be my guess. Yeah. No, I mean, that would make sense, too. You hear what you want to hear. Mm-hmm. So that makes sense. So then 
Where do you <clears throat> want to take us next? Okay. So they're checking out the ring. Buffy's looking at it. She finds the, the picture in the book. Oh, when they're in the library? Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. They're in the library. It's like the something of Aurelius, the group. Mm -hmm. the I don't know. I forget what they call it. I it's the, a detail. It doesn't matter. The, the group of Aurelius. It's mm -hmm. like three men, right? It's the three vamp vampires. Maybe. The Order. Order of Aurelius. Mm -hmm. I swear I'd written it down, but I didn't. And it's three of them. <clears throat> yes. So then we're introduced to our boy Owen. Mm-hmm. Who? What do you think of Owen? Like right off the bat, he seems a little cold, a little arrogant. Mm-hmm. And two, I wanted to point out before he comes in, Buffy's totally one-upping Giles, mm -hmm. making him look quite incompetent. But yeah, what are your first impressions of Owen? Well, <clears throat> first impressions, he's yeah, he's just he's like aloof. He's in his own world. Mm -hmm. It's like he blows her off at first, but then when she follows him around looking for his Emily Dickinson. Emily Dickens. Dickens. That's right. <laughs> Finds the Emily Dickens. Then he starts like, oh, I do think about you a lot. I like you. Mm -hmm. And she's immediately hooked. Oh, okay. You like me. And I like Giles' little uh, dig at America. <laughs> at the end of the scene, he's like, yeah, Emily Dickens. Uh, she's uh, good for us. Uh, and Buffy thinks he's going to be sexist. Mm -hmm. No, good for an American. <laughs> right, yeah. <laughs> or maybe he was going to say a woman and changed his mind in the last minute. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, when she got offended. <laughs> Here's a question. Hmm. Have you ever thought that an outfit made you look fat? Because Buffy has that line. I think she asks Giles. Does this outfit make me look fat? Yeah. What about an outfit would make someone appear fat? Just the way it hangs off of your body. I mean, I don't think that she has the physique to really worry about that. I mean, yeah, if you're wearing clothes that are too tight-fitting, then you're going to have some things hanging out in places. But she's a teenager. She doesn't really have that yet. So I think it's just one of those things girls start saying because... It's everywhere in the media. You ever seen that? that? <laughs> you ever seen that Ray Charles movie? Mm -mm, no, I haven't. Well, you know, he's blind, right? Mm -hmm. You know how he would tell if a woman was fat or not? How? He'd be talking to him at the bar, and he'd do something where he'd hold their hand, uh -huh. and he would feel how big her wrist is. Oh. And that's how he would tell if she was attractive or not. Uh, well, see, then I need to sidle up. Well, I should have <laughs> sidled up next to him at a bar, because I have, you know... Like creepy bony wrists. He would, uh, <laughs> he would think you were a child. A child and like an emaciated child. <laughs> and I definitely have mama pudges around my waistline. So bring it on. He ain't got it all figured out. <laughs> all right. Uh, okay. Um, sorry for interrupting. Ourselves. Yeah, we interrupted ourselves. We interrupted each other ourselves. So Buffy's impressed with Owen Reed's Emily Dickens. Dickinson, yeah. But she doesn't read Emily Dickens. So how is that something that is admirable or attractive to her? 
because well people know the name emily dickinson like it's okay so maybe she knows i mean but she doesn't know it well enough to know it's dickinson and not dickens be like everyone knows who albert einstein is but if you were like came into the library and can i get a albert einstein book Mm-hmm. i'd be like oh she knows a lot about albert einstein well what if it was a topic that you really liked that's different. It's not a topic Buffy really likes. Mm. That's what I'm saying. Mm. It's still the it's the brooding. Yeah, yeah. That, she's 16. I know. I I overanalyze her hormones too much sometimes, but she's yes. 16. He's an attractive, tall dude. Mm-hmm. Well, I think it's maybe along the lines of you hear what you want to hear. Like if you're attracted to someone, you will see what you want to see, <clears throat> or what you do see, you pretend is what you like because yeah, you're full of hormones. And also, why does he have to kind of whisper talk? Is that something all sensitive males do? He's never been out of his bedroom, so he doesn't know what full room volume is. Right, he always talks like it's a library because he (laughs) reads a lot. (laughs) And he's really depressed, so his vocal cords are just (laughs) mal-loved. Like, why even try to talk loud? It doesn't matter anyway. And if he's really into morbidity, why isn't he dressing like a goth? Right? He doesn't wear one piece of black clothing. How are we supposed to know what his cliche, cliche is? <laughs> what his... What it, What is the group? Your clique. How are we supposed to know what clique he's in? Mm-hmm. There's no... He high... seems like a loner. Yeah. I don't know. Oh, and he's a... That's what's so fascinating about him, right? He's mis- I want to get to know him. He's so mysterious. <laughs> he draws you Mr. in. Mr. Mysterio. <clears throat> okay. Um, ba-da-ba, Owen's whispery voice. Buffy. His date is ruined. There's the, 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 the scene in the cafeteria. Mm-hmm, with Cordelia. With Cordelia. I don't really have too much to say about that. Well, before we get there, so her... Wait, where is Giles? Do they go to the... He's usually in the library. Yeah, okay. There's a different one there. Okay. Um, What's that test that movies... It's like a, a, a feminist thing where movies see if there are two women that talk about anything other than guys... Hmm. It's like a Beckdale test or something. I forget what it's called. And? I was wondering if this episode passed that test. Oh, yeah. Because in the cafeteria scene, Willow and Buffy are just talking about Owen. Yeah. Do they ever talk about anything with each other that's not boy-related? Ooh. I don't think so. No, not well, in this episode. Not in this episode, at least. We'll yeah. have to keep an eye on that. I know, right? Does Buffy the Vampire Slayer fall short of <sighs> feminist views? Man. I do. I mean, there were there were a lot of little things in this episode that I was like, ah, Yeah. <clears throat> like, as much as he tries to play up Buffy's strength, there are still moments where it's like the man comes in to save her. Like, Anyway, we'll get to that, but Mm -hmm. the dynamic between her and Giles in this episode cracks me up because he seems like a liability. He's not helpful. (laughs) She does a better job reading the books than he does, 
But it's a little disappointing because I like Giles and it's almost like, I don't know, it diminishes him a lot. What did you think? I didn't even think about it until you had mentioned, but yeah, he is a little worthless in this episode. He's really worthless. He he, endangers himself. He can't even do the research. Gets her a beeper and doesn't know how to use it, isn't anywhere near a phone. Only has a cross on himself when he goes to a funeral home by himself. I wanted to say something about that. Yeah. Knowing what they know, Mm -hmm. why do any of them travel alone at night ever? Yeah. There should always be a buddy system unless your name is Buffy Summers. Yeah, yeah. Like, they know what's out there. Why is he going to a funeral home by himself to check out dead bodies right who he thinks might one of them is the anointed one who's gonna come back as a vampire and he doesn't have a phone on cell phones didn't exist yet what's he gonna do like call to her but so then willow i know we're probably getting ahead but willow and xander run off to get her i'm like either how small is this town or where did they (laughs) get a car are they running back and forth to the bronze i think they are that's insane. Giles' car is there, but they don't say, like, can I have the keys? Can I use your wheels? <laughs> and running to the bronze is evidently faster than finding a payphone and paging her. But even then, like, what do you do? You call the phone number back. Did you ever have a pager in high school? Yeah, and I thought I was so cool. Right? Do you remember those? And <laughs> like, you, like, I only had it for my mom. Yeah, like, no, Not my friends used it. No, but you clip it to your belt. I didn't sell weed in high school, so I had no reason for, for that. <laughs> That's hilarious. Uh, Giles' car. Yes. I don't know what kind of car it is, mm-hmm. but it looks like a seven-year-old's drawing of a car that got made into a real car. <laughs> That's amazing. Well, watch it's like an English model, and they're all mad because that's how all of their cars are made. Well, <laughs> they need to get that fixed then. All right, so... Next thing I have written down is the five people on the bus. Yeah, talk about that. Um, it's just five people on a bus. Yeah. The bus driver, a middle-aged woman, a mom and her son, and, like, this crazy Bible-quoting guy mm-hmm. who's super creepy. Yeah. I was going to say, bad move on the mom's part. Hmm. The kid should have the window seat. For sure. I would put myself in between some fucking dude quoting the Bible asking if we're all ready to follow the righteous. Right. Like, okay, uh, honey, look out the window. What do you see? Yeah. Like, this dude's going to have to get through me first. Yeah, and I would not be cowering either. When someone comes up against me, I would be strong and silent. And then if push came to shove, but I wouldn't. I wouldn't let them know I was afraid at all. And what is that bus? Where, like, that's a interesting group of people. Totally. Where I are f- they coming from? Where are they going to? I feel like it said on the, on the, yeah, that's a good question. I feel like it was answered the first time we watched it, but now that you mention it, who knows? I miss details. You know, but it is funny. All right, so... What do you have next on your plot line? At the bronze. This is Buffy's first attempted date with Yes. Because she goes to the bronze. She sees Cordelia and Owen dancing. Owen is awkward. But Buffy 
is still upset by it, and she just leaves, right? Yeah. She just gets upset. And Cordelia has no... Either she has no idea that he's not into her, or she just doesn't care. But I was thinking back to to our earlier dialogue of boys, you have to, like, scream in their face that you don't like them for them to give up, and girls, it's like they have the smallest inkling that a boy isn't interested, and typically they give up, but Cordelia's... I guess she's so narcissistic, huh? She just can't imagine that anyone would not choose her. Yeah, she wants what she wants, and she's got it. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> also, Owen doesn't like Cordelia. Mm-hmm. Does he have any agency in his own decision-making or his own life? He is so passive. He is. It frustrates me. Yeah. He, like, doesn't want anything to do with Cordelia. He doesn't even want to be there, but he doesn't do anything about it. He's spineless. What would you do? If a girl was trying to get up on me that I didn't like, mm-hmm. just just say no, thank you. <laughs> Very polite. No, thank you. No, thank you. No. Mm-hmm. And you think that you would be able to say that? Yes. Yeah. All right. I think so. And you would have been able to say that at sixteen. <sighs> so that's a whole thirty years ago, my friend. Thirty. How old do you think I am? Okay, 20. <laughs> you just aged another decade. Jeez Louise. We've, that's been, a... we've been recording this for a long time, <laughs> yeah, honey. Yeah, it's a long time between episodes. Okay. Um, yeah, if I was in high school, who knows? Let around by my penis a lot then. Yeah, see, I don't know if you're getting... Given but Owen doesn't seem like that. He doesn't no. seem like he has a penis. So, if it wasn't for your hormones, still at age 16, you'd be able to say no thank you to a girl that you weren't that into? Yeah, probably not. Okay. I'm being hard on him. It's okay. It's all right. Um, okay. We already talked about the bus a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, and then there's the next day when Buffy's all complaining to Xander. Mm-hmm. About, I'm a freak, I'm dateless, blah, blah, blah. Mm-hmm. But Owen comes up again and he's like, We should try it again. We should try to date each other again, Buffy. And she talks about her clock being broken, so he gives her his watch. Mm-hmm. And of course, motherfucker has a pocket watch. Right. He's such, he's a hipster before there were hipsters. <laughs> I bet he has a pocket watch on a chain. You know what? I was just showing the girls memorabilia from 8th grade, and I had a pocket watch. Oh, chain. my God. Yeah. No wonder you like Owen so much. Oh, I'm in love with <laughs> Owen. I couldn't say I liked him. I'm just compassionate. You have a pocket watch. And what kind of watch does Xander have? Oh, my gosh. He has a Tweety watch, <laughs> which at first I think is kind of endearing. And then in the last scene, he's sipping on an orange, like, Minute Maid orange juice box. And I'm like, again, it's like, are we... He's stuck in sixth grade. I guess, but I don't know. It's just like constantly putting him down. I don't know if that's because we're going to raise him up, but I don't know. Yeah. I think that's to show his insecurity. I'm not mature and well-read like this guy with a pocket watch. I'm funny Xander who just wants to make jokes and I have a Tweety Bird. Like He feels like a child and Buffy wants a man. Right. Yeah, okay. Because I was like, yeah, but he doesn't necessarily feel childish when he's sipping the juice box. 
but I think you're right. It is. Yeah. You're right. I have nothing more to add. This is what I got from you. Yeah, I like it. Okay. Um, Owen's pocket watch. Then they go into Buffy's bedroom. Yeah. That's the next thing I wrote down. To get changed. She's trying to pick out an outfit. Xander's trying to ruin that. He tries to sneak a peek at her changing. Do you have anything? No? Nothing, no. Nothing there? Okay. Then they hear a knock at the door. Mm-hmm. She's like, oh my, OMG, it's Owen. Mm-hmm. It turns out to be Giles. Which again, like, does he not call? Is that how they do it over there where he's from? Right? It's How small <laughs> is this town? I think everything is just within a two-minute walk. Like... Driving and walking is faster than calling on the phone. And he just knows she's going to be home. It's too unimportant of a thing to talk about on the phone. Oh, okay. There, There's where we get to some logic. Right. John and I, we really nitpick the plausibility of things. <laughs> so I know it doesn't really affect the plot line, but we're always like, how did, hmm. <laughs> Why? Why? The philosophers. And people leaving doors open after they've walked through them. I hate it. Close yeah. the damn door. Close the damn door. <clears throat> okay, so Giles has a newspaper clipping about five people who died on a bus accident. Mm-hmm. And he's super worried about it. And Buffy's like, God damn it, let me go on this date. You're overreacting. Meanwhile, Xander and Willow have pulled Owen to the side. <laughs> Xander's giving him great advice. And again, gullible Owen, right? He's like, oh, He's such an idiot. (laughs) Like, I... For a smart guy who reads all the time, he is... He's socially an idiot. Mm -hmm. He's just like, what, really? She doesn't like to do that? And then later, when they're actually on a date, Buffy and stupid Owen are dancing, and Angel comes in. There's an awkward thing there. Then Willow and Xander come in, and... It takes Owen, like, a thousand years to put anything together. So, you guys are coming here because you're going to double date us? You're here from what? He just, like, slowly puts things together. and He's simple. Mm-hmm. I, I work with people on the spectrum, so, like, I don't want to call him an idiot because he might have social deficits. But also, I think it does go to show. You definitely don't learn how to be social by reading anything in a book. No. Only learn from practice. And there's so many things that happen in social situations, like nuances. It is really flippin' hard to teach social skills, which is why I love it so much. But you never think of all the little things that you have to put together in order to function socially. It's a lot. Speaking of functioning socially... Mm Mm-hmm. The way Owen talks, his soft-spoken, whispery voice, I don't think Buffy would be able to hear him. Like that. In the Bronx, with a live band playing. (laughs) Like, you ever been to a club? She's got really good hearing. They're terrible. Ah, She has good hearing, that's true, but... You can't talk to people when there's a live band playing. No, you cannot. But, I mean, their live bands are like, No... I don't know if you were paying attention to the songs at all, but oh my gosh, they were hilarious. Like when he was dancing with Cordelia, it was like about a seductress. And then when it was Buffy, I, I can't remember what it was, but it was something a little more romantic. The songs are narrating the action. They are. 
Um, what else happened in this? Okay. Right. Oh, when Giles comes in, the kids answer the door, Owen comes up. We don't see Buffy's mom at all. No, she's just never home. She's she, always at the museum. She's got to be working late at the office. Right. She hasn't, she hasn't been in, like, the last two episodes. Yeah. She, she costs a lot of money, so they can't she's, book her for well, every episode. She's great. She's fabulous. Okay, Xander and Willow. Giles is going to go check out the funeral home alone because there are vampires loose and that's what one does in that situation. Right. Um, Xander and Willow decide to follow him because Willow's the only one with a brain in this episode. <clears throat> um, they're at the, the thingy-dingy. Owen's talking to... Uh, Buffy about Emily Dickens and uh, she seems kind of into it until he starts talking about more important things in life then she starts looking down at her pager mm-hmm. it's like every time Buffy does something that she thinks is what you're supposed to do as a normal person she doesn't like it as much as doing the Slayer thing. Really? I read that she was guilty. Like, he said that, and she was like, oh, crap, that's me. I do have other responsibilities. She looks down, and she's like, crap, I think I'm making the wrong choice right now. And then she's like, I don't want to have serious thoughts. Let's go and dance and have fun. <laughs> okay. Back to being a teenager. That's how I read it. I mean, the, but the pull of the Slayer... Life is always there. For sure. Amen. Well, that's a better read on it than what I had. I think she gets a little bit more into it. I think this first season, she's very much on the fence, hoping that she can, yeah, she can do both. And she's not, well, not in love with slaying yet. Don't know if she ever is, but she learns to appreciate it more, I think. We'll see. We'll see. <clears throat> okay. Um... Owen's naive. Cordelia tries to hit on him again. Giles is at the thingy thing. Willow and Xander are running around on foot <laughs> because that's reasonable. Yeah, Giles gets trapped in the back room by vampires. Xander and Willow run to get Buffy. Giles, in a hardcore moment of, like, being a badass, hides in one of those drawers with a dead body. Flip, man. To get away from the... And those are crappy vampires. Where did they think he went? No kidding. Not to mention, if he had it cracked, which he did, they would smell him. But... Maybe not with all the formaldehyde around. Oh, yeah. Maybe not. But another, like, yeah. Well, Just more people being dumb. Right. Well, so then when Willow and Xander and Owen are about to get eaten by who we think is the anointed one, he's calling them, what is it, like pork and beans. And I was like, is that really what we smell like to vampires? <laughs> that would be amazing. Right. They just smell pork and beans all over the place. Oh, I, I don't know how that's a delicacy, <laughs> but all right. I came to the afterlife for this. That's right, they, skipped the afterlife for this. That's why they're so mad <laughs> all the time. Like, damn it, it's pork and beans for all of eternity. <laughs> um, so she pulls them out. 
Well, let's go back to the bronze. We're jumping around here. Let's see. Is, is there anything? Nope. I already did that. Buffy has to ditch Owen, right? Right. Then Owen ends up following everybody. Um, Giles is hiding. They all hide in the office. Mm -hmm. Not all of them. Buffy's going to look around for a, a vampire that she thinks is there. Owen and Willow and Xander in the office. And Owen pulls this curtain up to the side and there's like a, a body under a sheet. And how long mm -hmm. does it take for them to react to him moving? Right? He sits up, pulls oh, the sheet God. off, and they're just standing there. Ugh. They wait for him to headbutt the glass. And they still, there's no screaming. <laughs> no. There's no, and I love you, Will. Help. But she's looking back and forth to the men in the room. And I'm like, Willow, <laughs> I know that these oafs aren't responding, so don't wait for them to. Like, start. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and the barricading of the door when Giles does it, and he's, like, flopping over the coat rack. And yeah, everything. puts a little chair there that doesn't even stay. Uh, I mean, I would panic in that situation. I like it. It makes it a little realistic. For sure. Yeah, I mean, there's the f fight or flight, and people don't mention the freeze, because there's freeze fight or flight and a lot of people freeze i guess so apparently three of them at once if i don't move he won't <clears> see me <throat> but he will smell the pork and beans yeah pork and beans um that's up they do nothing buffy and the bible guy fight she gets knocked out so this is it she gets knocked out once and giles saves her she gets knocked out twice and Owen saves her. I'm like, what the heck is up with Buffy? Like, she hits her head a couple times, and she's responding like she's human. <laughs> Instead of, like, superhuman. To, to be fair, she did get caught off guard when the guy first came in, when Bible Thumper and Vampire, he snuck up from behind her and, like, threw her across the room. For sure, but would she be knocked out long enough to have to need someone else to come and cover for her? I actually don't remember the fight all that well. Yeah, she gets knocked out and she's, like, unconscious. Is she, like, yeah, she's, like, passed out? Long enough for... The recovery time is long enough that she needs Giles' help. Hmm. So I guess he does have a comeback. But again, yeah. I mean, that's why I thought he was the anointed one, too, because he's really strong. For sure. I mean, just look at his muscles. Mm-hmm. He doesn't have a... <laughs> They aren't that impressive. He's all right. Well, I'll defer to you for the fight scenes, because you will... No, no, you should absolutely call attention to that kind of stuff. Um, but Owen actually steps up here. Yeah. He does help her. He hits the guy in the in the back, then the guy grabs him with a throw, then he gets, like, a urn or something, and break some glass over the guy's head. Yeah, that's pretty tough. Yeah, he's doing something. He goes over to, like, help Buffy up. Mm-hmm. Buffy thinks he's been killed when Owen gets hit in the head. Mm-hmm. And then she gets all... All right, you killed my day, so I gotta kick ass. Right? I do love it's It's not the self-pity. It's the... What the fuck, man? Yeah, you ruined it. Right? And it's the, the mixture <clears throat> of the superficial, too, right? Like... You chipped my nail? I'm gonna <laughs> fucking kill you now. <laughs> so they get him on a gurney, throw him into an incinerator, and think they have ruined the prophecy and there's no anointed one. But then, at the end of the episode, 
It's the little kid from the bus who is the anointed one. He will lead her into hell and she will not know him. As soon as he said that, I remember the first time I watched it, I was like, oh, it's got to be the kid. Mm-hmm. No one would suspect the kid. Well, they don't have the prophecy, Buffy and Giles. Well, yeah. Or do they? They have the same prophecy, but it... Well, maybe not exactly. But even if mm. it was, she will not know him. They forgot about that part. It still doesn't say it's a kid. Yeah. Because even if they knew that someone would lead her, she, I think, would still accidentally let a kid take her. Still. Yeah. But, like, I don't know. She will not know him. It's this blundering guy quoting the Bible. I think you would know him. It seems like, it, it seems like, why do they think he's it? He seems way too obvious, given what the actual prophecy says. Oh, well, maybe they think lead her in is like kill her. I don't know. Lead her into hell. Who knows? But yeah, confusing stuff. Okay. Last thing I wanted to talk about is uh, when Buffy rejects Owen. Mm-hmm. And starts talking to Giles about it. Uh-huh. <clears throat> okay, so order of events at the end of the fight, Owen is like kind of woozy and is like, "No, Buffy, we're done with this date. I'm going to go home by myself." And there's the classic line. Did you have something you wanted to Go ahead. The classic line of I'd still like to be friends. Well, that was at school. Oh, when are you talking about? Right after the fight. Uh-huh. When Willow and Xander take him home. Uh-huh. And he was like, I was kind of hoping this would end up with Ben and Jerry's. And oh, yeah. Buffy's like, it still can. And he's like, mm, I think I'm just going to go home. Mm-hmm. So Buffy thinks he doesn't like her anymore. Right. Then the next day at school, he's like, that was awesome. Mm-hmm. When are we going to do it again? Let's go get in another fight. Mm-hmm. And that's when she says, I still want to be friends, mm-hmm. which I think is classic because I even used to say it thinking that I wanted to and wanting to, but still be friends insinuates that you started out as friends and typically you don't. That's right. So it's like still be friends. You met him two days ago. There's no friendship to go back to you know i've never even thought about that yeah that the uh we can still be friends those relationships usually never start out like romantic relationships i would say rarely start out as friendships mm-hmm. so there's no there you're right you're absolutely there's no going back to friends well i used to think that there's friendship inside a relationship and so i still wanted to keep we're it. not friends Well, it's different. Yeah, I mean, and that's usually what guys would say to me is like, we're not friends. And I would take it as, what, so you're not friends with the people you date? But as I'm older, a little more wizened, it makes sense to me. Mm -hmm. So So Buffy's telling Giles, like, he's too drawn to the excitement. He wants to do all this stuff because it's exciting and fun. And he's going to get himself killed. Mm -hmm. Here's my question mm-hmm. how important are intentions ah well Beca- it, yeah go ahead because 
what actually happens behaviorally. If you look at the facts, mm-hmm. he didn't do, but uh, Owen did nothing different than what Xander and Willow and Giles always do. But their intention is to just help Buffy. And Owen's intention is to do exciting shit. But the actual actions are the same. So how come he can't and they can? Are the intentions that important? I see what you're saying. I think she was still, and he doesn't have more than a couple hours track record with her, but I think that knowing him, she was worried that he would start rushing more into it. Because Xander and Willow started out by being at her side the entire time. Oh no, I guess the only reason they weren't in it this time is because they were trying to protect Owen. So you're right. The first thing Xander ever did was follow her to the underground (laughs) sewer when she asked him not to. Which is why I was surprised in this episode you said that he was doing exactly what they do. And I was like, no, but they were hiding. But they were only hiding because they were protecting him. Xander throws himself into dangerous situations all the time. Yeah, he does. I don't know if I jive with Buffy's logic here. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, I, I, I love Xander to death and would want him as a friend, but I would not want him on the Scooby Squad. <laughs> <laughs> because he is, he's like another person to keep track of and keep alive, but they have their moments for sure. I just think she didn't actually like him. It goes back to my point earlier, mm-hmm. she's checking her pager when they're talking about Emily Dickens, mm-hmm. and anytime she has something normal... The grass is always greener on the other side, is really what I'm trying to say here. She thinks she wants that normal life, but when she gets a taste of it and she's in it, and she can't help but think about that Slayer life. Well, but he's saying that he'll go along in the Slayer life with her. So she doesn't even have to choose. I know. So what's her problem? Exactly. Come on, Buff. Well, you said, and I liked your interpretation the first time when you said, wow... She really just doesn't want to get him killed. That's very selfless of her. When did I say that? The first time we watched it. You were like, at first I thought that Mm. she was just mad because it was the fighting that he liked to do and because he didn't like her. But after she talked to Giles, it was clear that it was because she didn't want him to be in danger. Which goes to show she doesn't give a crap if Xander and Willow are in danger. Right. Like, well, you guys are just your casualties. So, yeah, and then Giles' line of, we f- I don't have a manual. We feel our way as we feel our way as we go along. And it gave the backstory of how he became a watcher, too, because that was yeah, that's one of cool. my questions. Found out when he was 10, all the things he had to sacrifice. Because I was, I was like, is this his first turn being a watcher? Because he's quite a bit older, and he seems really bumbling but again that's probably just part of his character development i I think every slayer gets a new watcher yeah so he's been training so he's been training since he was 10 that's wild which makes me think about the first episode when he's trying to get her to be a slayer again and she doesn't want to and she's giving the speech about you're gonna teach me how to what sacrifice all my friends Mm -hmm. not have a normal life 
And then, like, yeah, motherfucker. Yeah. I, he's I'm been doing it. it since he was 10. Right. He knows what he's talking about. Uh-huh. It's not just blindly coming into this. Well, she doesn't think about the Watcher's experience, right? No one does. Did she not have a Watcher before? She must have. Well, in the movie, she did. Oh, and then he, he got killed. Mm-hmm. Okay, yes. I never realized before that the film actually, the series actually does lead off from the movie. Somewhat. Mostly, yeah. Mostly. Cool. And we feel our way out as we go along. That is very much how I feel about life. We aren't given a manual. We just kind of feel it out. And I think it's about time to feel our way out of this episode. (laughs) Touche. As we go along. I hope we've said some interesting things. Um, I hope it's recorded well. Our low-budget production here. I hope it's uh, worth listening to. And if you have any thoughts that you'd like to share with us, the email address is... HellmouthHellEars at gmail.com All right, guys. Have a good one. Good night. Love you. Bye.